Previously on Hound Radio's Arch Campbell podcast. One of, one of the movies that I was a fear I was fearful of showing was The Exorcist. I wasn't sure how well it aged, but my God, what it, what a great it, it has aged so well. I mean, with the exception of the fact that the phones have cords on them, you couldn't right. tell was that it's an old film. I mean, it, even the costumes, because most of the people were wearing either uh, priestly garb, uh, night clothes, or. Uh, business clothes, so it doesn't didn't change that much. It was, it was great, and I forgot how scary that could be. I mean, even knowing all the tricks, it was. Scary. Yeah. Have you ever shown Rosemary's Baby? Mm. No. Mm. I, I'll be honest with you, I've never seen it. Whoa! Really? That's on my list. Ding 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 ding. ding. There it is. The Arch Campbell Podcast, featuring Arch, Lou Katz, and a cast of thousands, begins now. Well, that was a highlight of our last visit when Dick Dizel, best known as Count Gore Duvall, recalled the creature features he has hosted at the American Film Institute. And those have been uh, a lot of great fun. And uh, I thank him for that. It's fun to talk about scary movies with Count Gore. So uh, hello again, everybody. I'm Arch Campbell. And this is the podcast that tries to keep you up on the ever-changing world of entertainment. Lou Cat is directing and producing and waving his arms <laughs> at Cat's <laughs> podcast headquarters. That's the most exercise I get all week is waving my arms <laughs> out to you guys. <laughs> you know, if this doesn't work out, we can get you a job directing airplanes. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Dulles Airport. So, uh, speaking of airplanes, we don't need them because my guest today includes the Washingtonian gone Hollywood, now living in L.A., critic for Observer.com, correspondent for People magazine, professor at Emerson College. Let's welcome Oliver Jones. Oliver. I just feel winded from watching Lou just now. Uh, I... (laughs) Oliver, love having you on. And I'm going to remind people that uh, of all of your accomplishments, you also happen to be the son of Davy Marlin Jones, our longtime friend and uh, so well remembered in D.C. And now speaking of D.C., the longtime network news and sports producer, a legend in his own mind, now seen <laughs> lurking around the corridors of an AMC theater near you. He's this year's big star, Cinema Lou Charlotte. Lou. Hello, Arch. Lou. Hi, Oliver. Hi, Lou. You know, I have to work on my resume after that big buildup for Oliver. I got a little pittance compared to that. <laughs> well... Uh, we're just glad to have you uh, with us, Cinema Lou. So thank you for being here. And I love your takes on the movies. So um, first of all, before we get into our regular business, uh, let's talk about the strike. It has finally settled. And um, Oliver, you're in L.A. What are you hearing out there? I mean, uh, ding dong, the witch is dead. It feels it feels like a real uh, different moment. I mean, I think everybody's cautious. There's still a, a sense of cautious. I would I, I wouldn't say the tone out here is celebratory, 
Um, but I guess there is a great a great sense of of relief. Um, and uh, and now you know we're trying to figure out what the world looks like, right? Um, well, yeah. What's the effect going to be? Are we going to basically see fewer uh, films and series? It's it's hard to say. I'm so immersed in the ones that we have right now that I haven't thought too much about about what's go- what's coming next. Um, you know, I know that that some people feel that the protections regarding um, uh, AI, you know, and actors weren't as strong as they could have been. And, you know, I think that there are still a lot of anxieties running around about different factors of and. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we we are now in a in a in a world where um, Warner Discovery would rather, you know, sit on a uh, Looney Tunes movie than then release it. Right. Uh, um, uh, which is kind of freaking a lot of people out uh, that, that 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 we now have movies that we're never even going to see. And they're just they're just being made as write offs. Uh, Lou, what are your thoughts so on the strike? Here, here's my feeling. I, I, here's here's my feeling. Uh, you know, they're talking about all this content not being there. There's so much content. I, I mean, I guess it'll be a while before we feel it. And here in D.C., people aren't out of jobs, per se, as as uh-huh. as, 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 as it has affected L.A. But, you know, we are seeing it in, in places like, for example, there's a show on Showtime. I don't know if you guys watch it called The Circus. It's a political show. It's a great show. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys run around to talk to people. It's really an, a great insight insight into the political process. And it's been on for a number of years and they just canceled it on Showtime, just mm-hmm. announced it was canceled and it's done. And, wow. you know, and we're, we're the 2024 elections coming up. And, and if, if that didn't have uh, some relevance more than ever, uh, but they just canceled it. And the reason probably uh. is it's expensive. You know, they travel a lot. They go around the country. There's three or four reporters, depending on the day. On the, on the week, and it's um it probably just cost too much money. Although I thought it was a great show, and certainly at this time, very appropriate. Yeah. Well, from what I'm reading, uh, the streamers are going to up their rates, and uh, networks are going to produce less stuff, and streamers are going to buy less stuff, and there is too much content. So we'll see how it shakes out. I'm just glad it's over. And since it is over, let's start with our normal question. And it is, Oliver, what are you watching and what do you like? Well, first of all, I have hardly been home because I've been out watching so many movies. Uh, uh, the, the, um, the Hollywood Reporter listed the 30 films that are likely to contend for an Oscar this year. Mm, um, so yeah. far, Arch, I've seen 20 of them. Oh my God! I know, and uh, and uh, and there's more to come. So I'm I, I I'm pretty impressed with myself. So, but um, uh, <laughs> so so please give me a pat on the back. I feel like I'm the uh, L.A. equivalent to uh, Cinema Lou uh, out here. You know, there's not a movie showing that I haven't that I haven't shown up for. But when I uh, last night I watched um, uh, on uh, on PBS the new uh, Ken Burns on the American Buffalo. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed that. The near extermination of bison had a profound impact on, on us, our culture, our way of life. So, for example, oftentimes when we talk about um, the, the turn of the last century, when the conservation movement and the preservation movement got started in the United States, we often glorify sort of those white men who were part of that process. And one of the things that you'll see within this particular film is sort of 
um, not that glorification, but thinking about some of those people who were the leaders of the conservation and preservation movement, and especially the restoring bison um, uh, at the turn of the last century. Just really made me think a lot about the American identity around um, around food and culture and resources and what it is about the American identity that makes us destroy, and that and that being an, an essential aspect of the American character. Uh, I, I I know you know uh, people are you know can get tired of his films, but I found it very moving and very informative. That's interesting you bring it up because Gina and I happen to have watched it just this week, and uh, it's a powerful piece, particularly really the first. There's it's the first of two episodes. And the first episode will just knock your socks off. I, th- I was I tremendously moved, and I wasn't necessarily like preparing myself for for the emotional catharsis that the, that, yeah. that it would be. So, uh, Cinema Lou, how about you? What are you watching? What do you like these days? Um, you know, the movies. There's some great movies out there. I love. Oh, I'm sure we'll talk more about it. But the holdovers. Uh, yeah. I love them. I love the movie Radical with Eugenio Debez. I, I'm not yeah. sure how you pronounce it. Great, terrific movie that, you know, is barely playing anywhere. Of course, Killers of the Flower Moon. But you know what I saw that I really, really enjoyed? And I'll just tell you guys, I hope nobody else is listening. The Taylor Swift movie. <laughs> I thought, I I got to tell you, I, you know, I love, I love going to the theater. And I looked at that and I thought, this is a great, this is great theater. Mm-hmm. Um, change of costumes, change of scenery. Um, she was, she was terrific. Um, I must say, I probably know 15% of the songs, but it, I just thought it was great. You know, I also, I must tell you, I went what I thought would be a weekday. So, you know, kids wouldn't be dancing and screaming. Uh-huh. Well, it turns out it was a weekday, but it was a holiday. So school was out. Uh-huh. So oh, that wow. didn't help. But 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 I, I got to tell you, I was really surprised how much. I, I do want to add that Cinema Lou uh, single-handedly raised the demographic of Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> with I that probably, yeah, you're right about that. I've been hearing reports, Lou, that uh, that the screenings of the Taylor Swift movie are so loud that they're bleeding uh-huh. into the Martin Scorsese uh, picture uh, in the next theater. That, that they're that the, bleeding through. You know what? Yeah, That's absolutely through. true. When I saw Killers of the Flower Moon, I saw it with my daughter who had seen uh, the Taylor Swift movie. At that point, I hadn't seen it. And there was this banging. And she said afterwards, did you hear the Taylor Swift movie during the Killers <laughs> of the Flower Moon? So you're absolutely right. I, I experienced that. All right. Now, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I am hearing a lot of pushback to the running time of Killers of the Flower Moon, which is uh, three and a half hours. And uh, what do you guys think? Is that okay. uh, sort of... Every time uh, you bring this up, uh, uh, I always <laughs> say the same thing. What do you have better to do? <laughs> a Martin Scorsese well, movie well, edited oh. by, by Thelma Schoenmacher, right? I mean, this is not a filmmaker who is, who is, who, who is not thinking about the form of the film and not making every cut and moment count, right? I, yes, it is a long movie. There are lots of long movies. Let me sit, tell you, I have sit, sat through a... I, I saw Napoleon this week, my friends. Oh, uh, yeah. But um, 
But that movie, I thought, flowed really, really well, you know. Uh, and and again, it's going to live on on Apple. Um, by the way, I want to say something about that. Seeing the Apple logo at the front of movies when I go to the movie theater, oh, and yeah. on, immediately I just think about my job. I think about my laptop and all the work that I have to do back at home. Uh. <laughs> and I can't think about enjoying the movie anymore. Uh, so it's like the, the 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 very moment of that the, that that movie starts. It's already kind of ruined for me because I'm thinking about deadlines. So, Senator well, Lou, uh, what's your here, thought on a three and a half hour long movie? Here, here's here's my thought. I read the book, and uh -huh. um, having read the book, there are characters and power up uh, chapters in the book that aren't even covered in Killers of the Flower Moon in the movie. And I thought so much was missing that I would have been fine if it went another half hour or an hour. Honestly, I thought it was so good. Wow. Um, and and it, first of all, I, I must say this. And in reading the book, after you get through the whole book and you go through the, the post stuff, the, the, the author did incredible amount of research. And they talk about 20-something people dying, 20-something uh, Osage Indians dying. It was more like 600. Mm. Um, so it's. Um, I think there's a lot missing in the movie that would have been e effective, but I understand you, you, can't, you can't go more than three and a half hours. Even that's- You know, there is a link between uh, Killers of the Flower Moon and the show on PBS we just talked about, Ken Burns' uh, yeah. The American Buffalo. Yeah. So, uh, so there is that. I am I am looking for a movie that moves me more than Oppenheimer did. To me, Oppenheimer still remains the best film I've seen this year. And it was three hours long, and I, I didn't have to go to the bathroom. I dehydrated, but <laughs> they carried me out in the stretcher. But I... <laughs> what do you do if you need to pee? Well, you know, um, get the uh, app, the P run app. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Vince Scully uh, did the Dodgers games, you know, uh, well into, um, you know, his dotage. And he, he didn't during the games, he didn't have time to run to the bathroom. Uh, so he never drank any water or tea when he did a Dodgers game. He just took a lozenge, you know, to keep his throat loose. Um, so that's what I would say, Arch. Just do what Vin, what Vin Spelly did and just take, take a, a lozenge. Okay. All right. Well, Arch, Arch, did you see the the holdovers? I did see the holdovers, and I liked it. Now, oh, I I'm, loved it. I thought it was Paul Giamatti, and it's yeah. uh, it's that great director who did uh, um, The Descendants and Nebraska. Alexander Payne. Alexander Payne is I'm uh, his. His films are just home runs. Mr. Hunnam. Hello, Mary. I heard you got stuck with babysitting duty this year. How'd you manage that? You just earned yourself a detention, sir. Being here with you is already one big detention. Son of a bitch, that's another detention. Do you think I want to be babysitting you? No, I was praying your mother would pick up the phone or your father would arrive in a helicopter or a flying saucer. Right, most of the kids dislike you, pretty much hate you. Teachers, too. You know that, right? I find the world a bitter and complicated place, and it seems to feel the same way about me. I liked it. I thought I would love it. 
and I pulled back just, it's a little low energy and, and is a slow wind up, but I love the way it ended. Uh, Lou, what do you, what do you think? I loved it. I, 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 it jumped for me. It jumped pretty close to the top of the list of best movie of the year. Um, and, and how Paul about Giamatti. the slow wind up of the story? Did you feel yeah, that but, or but, not? I, I didn't because you're so in, I was invested in the characters. I thought that mm-hmm. Paul Giamatti was terrific. Um, the, the, the other the other main actors are terrific. Uh, it was a great story. And it really I thought it really came together at the end. I did like the way it came together. Yes. Well, it's just those three actors and the way they worked off of each other was just so um, uh, exciting. And and uh, and the thing was a masterful bit of, of production, right? I mean, Alexander Payne had this idea for a movie. He went through a slush pile of scripts and found a, a, an unmade pilot uh, about a, a, a New England um, uh, school and ended up hiring that writer to write his first feature film, right? And then while they were scouting uh, schools to shoot the movie at, he contacted the uh, drama teachers at those schools and ended up finding the lead actor. You know, um, it was it was wow. a masterful bit of producing and imagining and and just three great performers working off each other in a, a very um, exciting way. I, I was very and also like I just felt that movie to my bones. I felt cold like many days yeah. after <laughs> that movie, you know, like I couldn't shake the chill off me. <laughs> so but I, I have just, to say, guys, uh, I've seen I've seen all I've seen a lot of movies, you know, uh, I've seen a lot of big ones recently, and I still are re- I'm returning to one from the beginning of the year, one that I know that you guys like too, um, uh, which is Past Lives. Past Lives, um, and uh, mm-hmm. and that's the one that has really stuck with me. Uh, it's been kind of in the pole position of uh, as my favorite film. Uh, and it, and it, and and even with all the movies that I've watched and I've seen some good ones, um, it hasn't. Uh, nothing has quite overtaken it. It's got a hard to argue that slow subtlety that stays. Yeah, you, I mean, you, Art, you talk about slow. That was very slow, but it was a well, great movie. Well, it's true. It, this, <laughs> it captured me, and uh, at the beginning, because I think my expectations were too high for uh, the, the Paul Giamatti. Uh, holdovers uh but but it got me at the end i love the let me ask you this have have you guys i want to mention a film that really impressed me and that is naiad on now on netflix with annette benning and jodie foster and it's got power and movement and uh it it has this it captures the determination of the swimmer Diana Nyad, who decides uh, in her 60s to uh, attempt the swim from uh, Cuba to Key West that she was never able to compete complete uh, as a uh, young woman. I want to do it. Do what? Cuba to Florida. My swim. That's insane. You tried that when you were 28, and you did not make it when you are 28. I don't believe in imposed limitations. I don't believe in any limitations. I thought it was an extraordinary piece of work. Uh, guys, what do you think? I've not watched it. My wife has. But I, I, I have to tell you a little brush with fame about Diana Nyad. When I was in college, she was a reporter for Good Morning America. And right. I worked at a bank around the corner from ABC Studios. And she used to come in and cash her check. So I cashed uh- her check all that time. <laughs> 
and I feel guilty for not seeing the movie because my wife has. Uh, but I will. Uh, I've heard great things about it. I, I love what you said, though, Arch, about um, about the movement of the movie. And there's been mm -hmm. there's so much interesting and wonderful action and movement in uh, in films this year. I I saw a movie that you guys will get to see soon. Um, Maestro. Um, oh, God, I can't wait for that. Well, I have to say, you never thought that it would be interesting and fascinating to watch an actor conduct. But man, the conducting in this movie is just stunning. Hello, I'm Lenny. Hello, Felicia. If summer doesn't sing in you, then nothing sings in you. And if nothing sings in you, then you can't make music. Something she told me. It's really, really something else. It's just, it's just movement I don't feel like I've seen before in a movie, um, you know, by an actor who really understands how to use his body and how to move. Um, you know, I'm going to reserve my my opinion uh, uh, to, to a later date, but I will say it's, it's some incredible movement. Well, if you compare Oppenheimer to The Maestro to Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, what is the which one is the real contender for the Oscar this year? Uh, I, I, the smart money is on Oppenheimer. Uh, I, I don't know if that's where um, I don't know if that's what I would. Well, that that wouldn't necessarily be my choice. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, um, uh, I think that one uh, has been the front runner until otherwise noted until until some of these awards start to show up and and maybe uh, take it off. So. Um, uh, I do have to ask. I have to ask if have you guys seen Radical? Yeah, yeah. I what saw it think? at Sundance. Uh, Lou. It was it was incredibly moving. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, um, that you know, the, it's a it's a sort of well worn idea, right? You know, the the mm -hmm. radical teacher comes into the under uh, the underserviced school and changes everything around, and you know, uh, it's a favorite kind of Hollywood concept. But this one, a part in the lead performance, in part because um, of its setting, uh, it's a Mexican film. Uh, it, it 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 brought a new heart to a very uh, worn story. I thought. Is it in Spanish or in English or uh, mostly mostly Spanish with subtitles? Yeah. And uh, do we know the uh, the actors? Eugenio Debez, you know, he's from. Uh, a Coda, he played the music teacher in Coda. Yeah, he was the oh. music teacher in Coda. He's he's terrific in anything he does. And he usually, I mean, he's his main thing is comedy, but he was, this is a serious role, and I thought he was terrific. Well, and this this film has not been highly marketed. Um, uh, it, it, it's had some uh, box office success because of word of mouth, uh, especially among Spanish-speaking people. Um, but... Um, but it's definitely one worth seeking out, especially, um, you know, I mean, there's not a lot of reasons to be optimistic these days. Right. So it, it, it's a film that has uh, has optimism in its heart and in, 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 a, in a in a genuine way, not in a not uh, in a not shallow manner. Cinema Lou, I know you're interested in the killers. I was interested in the idea of it, a new David Fincher film. And uh, the response has not been particularly good. Yeah, it's um, it gotten a lot of publicity, commercials everywhere, highly marketed. I liked it. I can't say I loved it. Um, I liked it. I thought it was well done. Uh, it was interesting. Well, um, what's I, the plot of the killers? It's just it's just one killer, no s. It's pretty basic, right? I mean, it's this guy who kills people. Uh, he um, <laughs> there's this guy, and he kills people. <laughs> he doesn't have a name. 
He flies around the world uh, using aliases from sitcoms um, from the 70s and 80s. <laughs> he constantly is talking to himself. Stick to your plan. Trust no one. Stick to the plan. Forbid empathy. And it's this kind of inane prattle that really doesn't make much sense and it's kind of boring. It made me wonder why he didn't use as one of his aliases Cliff Clavin. Um, <laughs> as, uh, he was so filled with like useless facts in his head uh, that, you know, I felt like the main way that he could kill you was boring you to death. Um, <laughs> that said, again, it was it's a movie where the physicality of the main actor, you know, he does yoga to limber up and the fight scenes and all of that, the physicalness, the physical nature of the movie, plus the meticulousness of the director made it for an interesting and entertaining watch. I don't know if it's a great movie, but it's but if you're a fan of um sort of um meticulous filmmaking right uh it, it it's something it, it it's a it's a it's a meal it's a rich meal for you now i would like to slide into the segment where i make uh oliver jones and probably cinema lou crazy so <laughs> i went to the movies and bought a ticket to see anatomy of a fall which i am reading is a contender for the Oscars this year. It, some of it is in French, some of it is in English. It allegedly has a Hitchcockian plot. An unhappy wife is accused of killing her husband. And at the beginning, we see uh, her son come and, and find uh, his father, who has fallen from an attic window four stories in the chalet where they live i think in switzerland and uh she is accused of murdering him i don't know what happened i think he fell off that third floor the windows open the autopsy report is inconclusive an accidental fall is going to be hard for us to defend stop i did not kill him that's not the point i went to see it because i had heard so many things about it. Uh, people i like and know had given it four stars and I hated it. <laughs> it was just a piece of trash. I thought it was a waste of my time. I was bored to death. And I hated it. And it was two and a half hours. Yeah, it was yes. long. It was a lot of your time. Uh, all right, come on. Defend yourself more, Arch. Uh, what, uh, why did you I hate I thought it was like boring. It? I didn't care about the characters. Um, uh, the French... If I ever get in trouble and go to court, remind me not to do it in France. <laughs> the French legal system is just nuts. And uh, and I hated it. And there's a boy and a dog and they they contribute to the plot. And it's like Hitchcock is is laughing at this. This is not Hitchcock. Well, um, I hate I, it. I, I'm here to tell you, Arch, that you are completely wrong. Um, <laughs> I love that. No, why I mean, am I wrong? What did well, first I miss? of all the opening the opening segment that you that you describe, where this uh -huh. um, this woman, this writer, is being interviewed by a grad student. There's uh -huh. uh, and then this obnoxious music comes out. And then um, and then we find this body. I, I found the opening part of this film, the opener of this film to be so exciting and so different. <laughs> and then um, that lead performance by the by the actress Sandra Hewler, who is uh, also 
in um the movie um coming up um Zone of Interest. Um Oh she, well now that's uh, one I want to see. Zone that, of interest. That performance I thought was so fascinating and really made the movie work. Have I, you I, seen Zone of Interest? I have. Well, um, now, yeah, Lou, um, you know about Zone of Interest? Oh, I, I, I'm excited I don't, to talk I don't know about, anything it. about it. Oh, it, it's a movie about um uh, uh the the um the family that lived next door to the commandant and the and and wife to um uh concentration camp and uh and basically it's two movies at once. One is their ideal life, and the other one is done entirely by sound. Which you see the sound of the concentration camp in full mm-hmm. work, and and it's one of the most sort of disturbing and uh, and films that I've seen this year. It's it, I, I can't wait to talk to the guys about it. But before we go on to that, Lou, break the tie here. What <laughs> okay, is, is, I have no interest in that zone of anatomy I, of a fall. I'm not. I'm not going to make either of you happy. Um, I I thought it was, you know, based on your recommendation, Oliver, you talked about it a few weeks ago. I said, I have to see this movie. Um, It was, I waited for a bigger payoff at the end. Yeah. I think after two and a half hours, I thought it was, it just kind of ended. And I thought Uh. there'd be more to it. I thought it was okay. I didn't, I didn't hate it. Uh, I didn't love it. But so you I'm know, kind of what, in the middle. What's so the we buzz have... on that? I don't get it. What are they talking about? Were they high? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ambiguity arch. I know you can't spell it, but I'm sure you can enjoy it. Uh, you know, uh, they they didn't tie everything up in a neat bow for you. Uh, well, you know, you what, guys, I, I think since Arch had a chance to 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 be a curmudgeon, I'm going to be one too. This movie, no. Freelance. Did you, anybody see this movie, Freelance, with John Cena and Allison Brie? Uh, I haven't even heard of it, Lou. Okay, Freelance. well, it's it was out there. It was out there, and it got zero percent from Rotten Tomatoes. So I said, "Oh my God, the worst movie ever! I gotta go see it." And I thought it was okay. And then I looked, and the audiences gave it seventy-seven percent, and on oh. Google, eighty-six percent. So I'm I realized that zero doesn't mean everybody said it was zero. It could be two two stars, yeah. and that would be a, a negative. But there's a real disconnect there when it gets zero percent. You don't see any movie get zero percent. Somebody. What was it. the plot of that? It was about this mercenary who uh, freelances with a journalist to go to this um, hostile country to interview their dictator. What the hell just happened? Your one man's security detail happened. He's a hero. I'm with the president of a country in the middle of a coup. This is the scoop of a lifetime. You got to be alive to have a scoop for a lifetime. Allison Brie is in it? Correct. She's the journalist. What's she doing in that? I saw that other thing she did and thought it stunk. Other people seen other people, something like that. Um, with Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what the hell um, was that? I, uh, uh, I, I'm looking forward to that. I kind of enjoy uh, John Cena in movies. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call him a good actor, but I, you know, he's a no. But he's he's fun, and his movies. Yeah, he's are an enjoyable presence on the screen. Um, but uh, that also might speak. You know, I. I, I don't think anybody should put much trust into Rotten Tomatoes or any kind of aggregate. Uh, uh, you know, aggregation art and art commentary is not meant to be aggregated. We're not supposed to hang a number on it. We're not supposed to put a tomato in it. I think what Lou and I are saying, though, is we're beginning to sense a pack mentality. And mm. I see it when I go to screenings now. There's, there's, you know, there's a tight little group of people and they all huddle together. Oh, what'd you think? What'd you think oh oh. and it's like shut up (laughs) shut up (laughs) 
<laughs> wow. What, what are a, you what talking about? Statement. What a bold statement to make on a pop culture podcast <laughs> where all we do is talk about these things. <laughs> You're going to put us out of business, Arch. Yeah. Uh, that attitude. Um, but I, I understand what you're saying. It is really tiresome when everyone seems to feel the same way about things. Um, uh-huh. I think a good cure for that coming up is going to be um, Napoleon. Napoleon is going to divide people. And uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, that said, I, I I definitely think it's an it's an excellent um after Thanksgiving movie. Maybe not after the turkey, because you'll definitely fall asleep. Joaquin uh, Phoenix <laughs> is Napoleon, and he's Joaquin Phoenix is you can never know what to expect from him. What is your name? Napoleon. As the course of my life just changed. Napoleon. I led the French victory at Toulon. I'm destined for greatness. But those in power will only see me as a sword. I suggest you take the throne. He's a very emo Napoleon. Um, (laughs) You know, uh, it's um, it's it's not uh, it's not like the nerdy, hyperactive kind of geeky Napoleon. It's a brooding Napoleon. Um, But, you know, it's Ridley Scott. And, you know, um, to see the battles. I mean, it's a very battle focused movie. So if you're interested in in watching, you know, cinema warfare, and then uh, the lady Lady Napoleon is uh, Victoria Kirby. Yes, yeah, and she she has uh, carries the movie uh, in terms of its emotional weight much more so than the than the title character does. Um, Every but, time I see her name, I think of a review I read. I think it was by Anne Hornaday. It might have been the James Bond movie, and she referred to uh, Vicky Kirby as a saucy minx. <laughs> is, is, oh, isn't that also what you call Lou, uh, Cinema Lou, uh, Arch? <laughs> Guilty as charged. Uh, <laughs> all right, now I got something. I got something that I watched that I think both of you will love, and I'm wondering if you found it yet. On Max, Rob Reiner does a documentary on yeah. Albert Brooks, Defending My Life. Yeah, I watched it on the first night. Lou, have you seen it? I, I did, and it was great. I love Albert Brooks. I love uh, Rob Reiner and all the people that talk about Albert Brooks. I thought it was terrific. Albert was a shining god of comedy. He was speaking directly to me. <laughs> Always something just different. He was like a comedic tornado. Just fearless and funny. It took this to finally your accomplishment. <laughs> Can't wait till I'm dead. I did a hundred variety shows. You're the only guy I know who would go on national television with a routine that you had never tried out. I went in the bathroom, I would come up with something, and I would go do it. He was the first alternative comic. I think of him as the caviar of comedy. This guy's really special. I just loved every minute of it. Uh, and, and you know, and it's Albert Brooks' greatest hits. And what a wonderful career he's had. And you know what was interesting is they talked about his family. And there was his bro- one of his brothers was a sports writer who I, I actually have some of his books. I didn't realize that it was him. But Bob Einstein, yeah. who was in Curb Your Enthusiasm and yeah. and um, and uh, Super Dave Osborne, I thought was even funnier than Albert Brooks. Yeah, and he, he doesn't get a me- he barely gets a mention in this. If you if you watch comedians in cars getting coffee, I think Seinfeld did two episodes with Bob Einstein. It yeah. was hilarious. Two guys in a bar. One guy drinks too much, throws up in his shirt. 
Right. What am I gonna do now? My go. My wife's gonna. He says, "Don't worry about it. Tell her someone else got drunk up in your shirt, and uh, put ten dollars in your pocket to get it clean. I'm putting ten in there right now." Right. He said, "You're brilliant." He goes home. He says, "I'm home." She starts screaming at him. He said, "Just a minute. It wasn't me. This guy at a bar got sick, threw up my shirt, and to prove it, he put ten dollars right in there to get it clean." She reaches in. She says, "It's twenty dollars here." He said, "I know. He also shit my pants." Just yeah. absolutely hilarious. They tell the legendary story of Albert Brooks' father. And incidentally, the other day I was talking to somebody and he said, oh, Albert Brooks, uh, he's Mel Brooks' son, right? <laughs> and he's Mel Brooks' uh, emotional son. But but his father was the uh, radio comic Park Your Carcass. And Park Your Carcass uh, spoke at uh, a meeting of the Friars Club uh, for the induction of Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball. And evidently he gave the speech of his career, sat down and had a heart attack and died at oh, the event, at the wow. table. It's, and, you know, it's just one of those unbelievables. And they get it. They, they tell the whole story. I was watching with Gina. She says, no, did wow. that really happen? Yeah. Oh, and Bob Einstein talked really about it. Happened. It's sorry, time for us to check in with Lou Katz at Hound Radio, our enabler. I want to tell you about what we're doing this weekend as we do every Sunday night here on Hound Radio. Check this out. Hey, I'm Hound Radio's Lou Katz. And it's me, it's me, it's JP. We hope you're going to join us every weekend for Sunday Night Stiffs. It's one hour of lost songs at 9 p.m. You know, songs that were never hits. Songs that no corporate station would ever play. And no wonder they don't. We'll even hand out a free honor each show. Right, JP? Yes, L-double-O, the Viagra Stiff of the Night. The one song that proudly stands out as the worst of the worst. And most of the tracks you hear are by request so don't blame us if you cringe while you're listening and if you want to send one in do it to lou at houndradio.com sunday night stiffs being barked out every weekend on the only internet radio station that has the paws or the balls big enough to scare listeners away hound radio hound radio all right uh fellas we're running low on time uh lou i'm gonna give you a minute of our three minutes and what do you want to recommend for the weekend and what have you not been able to talk about well now that we talked about albert brooks i'm going to watch comedians and cars getting coffee with his mm. brother bob because the, at the end of that they showed his uh his father's speech at the at the friars and really yeah um and it's uh it's worth watching but uh there's so i'm watching lessons wow. in chemistry um i yeah I, love it through part of that i like that brie lawson is fantastic and also coming out, you know, I want to see Napoleon, as we spoke about Hunger Games, the movie called Thanksgiving, which, if yep. you believe in Rotten Tomatoes, has gotten great reviews. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving, and I'm tired of pretending like everything is normal and it's not. I want things to go back to normal, too. Show some enthusiasm. Thanksgiving is an institution. Someone's out for revenge, and they're turning it into a sick holiday game. The weapon he's using is straight off a Thanksgiving table. I don't want to spend my life looking over my shoulder. We need to stop him. And there's a bunch of other movies coming out looking forward to Saltburn, Wonka, Another Godzilla, and The Color Purple. So that's that's gonna keep me busy for a while. <laughs> Oliver? You're 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 gonna be pitching your tent at the AMC for sure, Lou. Um <laughs> uh, but uh one that you didn't mention uh is coming out this weekend on Netflix, uh Rustin. Um the mm -hmm. biopic 
about Bayard Rustin starring Coleman Domingo. Uh, and Bayard Rustin, of course, was the um, uh, the black uh, gay civil rights leader who um, organized the March on Washington. A demonstration made up of angelic troublemakers such as yourselves. Make sure you are there. On August 28th, black, white, young, old, rich, working class, poor, will descend on Washington, D.C. This movie was directed by um, George C. Wolf, who directed uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, uh, which Coleman Domingo was also in. Uh, and Glenn Turman um, uh, was in both films, too. Uh, I loved it. I really, really liked it. And it was just an outstanding lead performance. I'm a sucker for history and any kind of history that recenters stories that had been erased, right? Uh, you know, is really gonna have a warm place in my heart. I I, I fully enjoyed it. So um, so please uh, watch that on Netflix. Is that theaters only? No, I think it's on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix. Oh, this week. Netflix. Okay, yeah. perfect. So just let me again say, if you haven't seen uh, "Defending My Life" with Albert Brooks, uh, oh yeah, directed and conducted by Rob Reiner, it's on Max. And uh, I'm a fan of Nyad. I'm very impressed by that film. And uh, and so that will do it for this time. Oliver Jones, Observer.com, love it so much when you're on here. Cinema Lou, Cinema Lou, we got to get you a website. Mm. The Cinema Lou pick of the week. That's a good idea. Ooh. Uh, okay, why don't we have one together? You do, oh. you do the work and I'll give you the content. <laughs> I kind of thought it the other way. <laughs> I'm Arch Campbell. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. <laughs> have a great Thanksgiving, you guys. This is the Cats Podcasting System, where it's not just a podcast, but a podcast.